Welcome to season one, episode five of Starving Artists with the wonderful Stevie Warren. Um, thank you uh, to our three Patreons, John Crespin, Charlie Fraser, and our new Patreon, Rhiannon. Thank you, Riri. Uh, Riri. Very... Riri. Woo! Uh, if you want to support us, please, uh, the Patreon is, the link to the Patreon is in the episode notes. All the money initially is going to be going back into trying to get podcast as good as possible uh we want to put it on youtube we want to start filming it but we need space to do that uh visit starvingartistpod.com or you can email us at starvingartistpod at gmail.com with any questions i thought we could read them out and lewis can make some smart comment about them Had yeah you? i've got a question joke okay <laughs> what's your question i'm pretty joke? sure it's from the office yeah yeah Go on. hang on we'll get into character uh as a guitar player have you ever fingered a minor? <laughs> it is that is yeah, it's the office, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Get Do you not the get guitar. it? No, I got it. I just, I just uh, didn't want to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's my first time here. Do you know what I mean? I want to make a good, yeah. good impression. Stevie, well. you're about eight foot from the mic, mate. <laughs> Can you please it get close? Excuse me. Is that better? Yeah. Treat it like. Don't tell a me cigarette. what to treat it. Like. <laughs> is that okay? Oh, it feels it's like a big it, boy. Yeah, it but it's a, it's a, it's intrusive. Um, Stevie, how are you, my dear? Hi, I'm, yeah. yeah. Good, man. How are you? I'm all right. Lewis nearly had a panic attack before this. Yeah, if we're real, we're probably not all 100%, but no, enough I've to be here and to, and, enjoy, and to enjoy the day. Panic yeah. attack was weird, but I, it's it's from lack of eating and yeah. first coffee in fucking <laughs> three months. Three months. <laughs> oh, really got me, though. And I started spiralling. Jack doesn't drink coffee at all because he thinks he'll have a heart attack. It's not hard. It's just my head goes. Yeah. yeah. I can't do it. I can't drink caffeine. Yeah, I do it. I, I do it now and again. And every time I do it, it Same becomes result. another addictive cycle. Um, I'm very happy to have Stevie on the podcast because it's proof that Lewis is wrong and that Rush are fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I have the energy to com- to combat Lewis on this. I'm not allowed this. to hate anymore. You're not allowed to hate anything? No. Nope. No, no. Nope. So, what are your feelings? What a rubbish about reason Rush to not hate. You, now that you can't hate, I don't see. I don't want to attack Rush, right? <laughs> I want to attack the listeners of Rush. So <laughs> me, and it just shows that you're uneducated in some serious matters. What is so? It? So it's snobbery, basically. Yeah. You want to dress it up? It's snobbery. No, and it's judgment. You're the snobs. No, we're not. Uh, we no, just we're not. fucking enjoy just, the music, bro. You don't bro. enjoy it. You just think it's technical. No, I no, do. That's not that's it. Hey bullshit. guys, yo, calm down. <laughs> guys, I'm just all about love now. Guys, I don't hate nothing. Yeah. You're the passive aggressive dick who's taken recovery as his own identity. I like, think. Guys. I think you you have that view because every time you've had a conversation with Dan, Dan says they're really fucking good and they're good musicians. You say they're not technically good. So I think Which that's that's bullshit, come from though, your point of view. 
no, rather than Dan being like, his first argument isn't they're technically flawless. No, it yeah. is. No, it it's not. It, my it has been with Neil Peart. I mean, he is technically kind of close to flawless. As close to they are good. The they're I mean, good. Get, Geddy Lee's. The thing is, I don't get is that you can say Geddy Lee's not a good bassist. He's fucking exceptional. Like he's not. He's not one of the best of all time. But he's yeah. Great. He's a fucking great bassist. He's exciting. He's different. He's got an attack of bass that... It is yeah. difficult when but you're comparing it to people like... Because I know that you like Jacko. Um, yeah. He's so, not Jacko. Uh, or Victor Wooten or, you know, yeah. uh, Marcus Miller, people like that. Yeah, it's not the same, but... But he's still good. And he's... Yeah. Don't hate anything. <laughs> God, this is going to be boring for the podcast. It zaps it? my energy. Hating is too exhausting. You have, you have your own opinion and we'll have ours and yeah. just enjoy the music See, you like, I, innit? I just think... There's bands that do Rush better than Rush. Oh, my God. Examples? Were they doing it at the time of Rush, though? Yeah, that's the Dads thing. Dad's down the fucking pub. Oh, fuck off. The influence that it's Rush has had, yeah, and you're sat there you're saying that. Nah. Talking out your ass, mate. You two are getting really butthurt about it. I'm just literally... I'm just here. I'm you, just on the first episode, you were literally, I don't want to be here talking about Rush. So I'm, don't a, go. I'm a vessel of love, okay? <laughs> And your guys are attacking Again, it's just another way to rise above someone else. Don't give me that shit, Lewis. It's ego. Not ego. Shut your ego, mate. You're nearly a year sober. Start knocking me. You've both been knocking (laughs) me. You're gaslighting me. After you'd listened to the first episode, Stevie, you texted me like, what is Lewis, why does Lewis hate Rush? I was like, because he's a fucking idiot. We've, me and Lewis have had this conversation. I really don't like them. Yeah, fair enough. That's absolutely fine. They've haunted me since, um, since I started playing guitar. Rush is done. We like Rush. You don't. We it's like it's an argument that is with yeah. any band that stands the test of time. I remember I knew a guy who said the Rolling Stones were the best band ever and will be ever, and there is no arguments. And he ended up just resorting to calling me a bitch because I was like, <laughs> "Look, what about these bands? What about these guitarists? What about you know these other musicians that mm. are flaw- like fantastic musicians?" I also think if you claim the Rolling Stones are better than Zeppelin, you, he, do you know what I mean? I mean, like, really, really. All I yeah, all I want to get out of this for the listeners is that not everyone hates Rush, and I have Stevie on my side with this. Look, the thing is, right? We get told in recovery, radical acceptance. Basically, if mm. we're going to short form it, radical acceptance, right? And I thought that that meant, right? I have to fucking accept everything. It's not the case. It you can be a spiritual person that is accepting and can practice radical acceptance, but don't forget you've got preferences, mm. and you're allowed to have. Um, no, I'm not. I'm just. I just don't want to bicker. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's half the fun of the podcast. Us bickering. That's our friendship. That's yeah, but do we? Oh, yeah, I know. But I do love you, and it doesn't ever. I come love off. you too. No, that's not true. It does come across. There's bits where we. The thing is, though, I listened to the podcasts back, and I was like, "Fuck now." I just rip you for three hours, and I don't like it. Oh, I, qu- I quite. I didn't change that behaviour. I feel like. Yeah. I'm. T- I think. I think I'm post panic attack. Lol. I just want to say that I love Lewis. For anyone that doesn't think <laughs> I love Lewis... I don't. Yeah, no. Stevie's a bit on the fence with him. I love no, Lewis. No, I do love Lewis. Like, I love Dan as well. He annoys the fuck out of me, which is why we bicker. But if it doesn't come across in the podcast, I fucking love this man. And... Yeah, and everyone knows it. We're like two peas in a pod. We are. I'm just trying to own my emotions at the moment. Yeah. Instead of repressing anything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've only recently started crying and getting angry. That's good. Yeah, but they're they're big boys, aren't they? Yeah. They're not like hunger. <laughs> I said <laughs> I earlier. Can th- I can wrestle with hunger, but crying. Yeah. Yesterday, I fucking, it was like, I was in a cheesy movie. I just looked at the sky like, 
granddad. It's it good. I said earlier you're awful. you're grieving very well. Grieving like a professional. That's a really weird thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it. I think praise someone for experiencing their emotions as they come up is yeah. Mm. It's tough yeah. though, isn't it? And that's our biggest sin is repressing them. I couldn't sit with. I still shit at it, but. It's yeah. Like eat, smoke. Do you know what I mean? Do anything to mm. just grab at anything to not feel. But I'm more, I'm more emotional than I ever thought, and that's all right. You know, it's all the colours of the, yeah. all the colours of the skills. It's the human experience. Yeah, yeah it is. And especially if, as creators. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a creative, yeah, because you, you've got to get it's. I kind of see creativity as making something internal, external. Mm. Ooh, so you've yeah. got to have something internally going that's on. That's good. Yeah. But um, yeah, with the feeling. That's a trailer. That's a snippet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your story with getting into recovery, Stevie, because I, I realise I've known you for like over a year now and I've never heard your chair. You've never no. heard my chair? No. I don't think I have either. No, I don't think either of us. So Truthfully. Yeah. I think you have, Lewis, but it was very early on. Was it? Yeah. Because I was scrambled. <laughs> you <laughs> a little scrambled egg. For the first like three months, we were so scrambled. Yeah. Just what I loved about you, Lewis, though, is you came in and you were like, I'm fucking... I'm fucking nailing this. Yeah. <laughs> and then around month three, he was like, oh, I'm fucked. Really <laughs> yeah, he's just like going past every pub, going, oh, and that's not And that's not a criticism at all. It's just, no, no, I you know. man. The thing is, is like, is like, I, when I came in, I accepted it. Mm. I was like, because I came in, remember when I came in before? Mm. You were there. I was at Lewis's first meeting. Yeah, she was. But my first, before I went on like a six month bender. And when I went back, I made myself. I was like, this is it now because mm. you can't keep fucking about. I've been trying to quit for like six years. Do you mm. know what I mean? But yeah, I remember you from the first meeting because I remember you. Um, I remember you putting chairs away, and I didn't know how meetings work. How right? is that? And I was like, she must be important. Like <laughs> I, remember, I remember thinking that. Like I remember thinking you did have. I'm pretty sure you were yeah. at one of my first meetings, mm. and you did have like I don't know. Like an air of like recovery about you. I thought you were going to say like an air of like self-importance. No, I was like, oh shit. No, you just. I was. Solid. I think I was secretary in the first meeting you were at. No, you weren't. Was it not? It was Jamie. So I was co-secretary with Jamie at that time. Close, yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So you walked mm. around like. Like I was fucking, fucking summoning. Do you know who I am? <laughs> because it was like post-COVID. Remember, it was like really spaced out. Oh, it was such a. And ball I don't lake. think that helped. And it was like I think. And we were it's hot of as well. feeling close. Yeah, it's boiling. And we were all around the edge of the room. Yeah, it was weird. It was, wasn't it? And yeah. that was my first meeting. I remember just being like, fuck this. Well, I just remember being like, this is fucking horrible. The space. Something about sitting farther away from someone was re- was probably the worst bit. Because mm. now we're all together and someone can be like, you know what, yeah. mate, and tap you. But then I was like, just I felt like I was on an island. I was just looking around like, mm. yeah, you know. I would definitely have relapsed if I'd gotten sober in lockdowns, I think. So when I got clean this time round, I was about two months and then we went into lockdown. And it was one of the, well, I just managed to turn it. Mm. I set up all the, right, this is going to sound like, first lockdown, I set up uh, for a different fellowship. I set up for the Guildford area about six meetings online and ran them. So in the first part of my recovery this time round, which I just turned three years in January, which is pretty crazy. Awesome. Very still feel like a little baby. Mm. Um, so I'd loads of service. I'd loads of service. I tried to talk to other people about setting up meetings and stuff, but transferring it all over to Zoom, no one was really interested in it. And I was like, "Fuck that! We got to do this." So I just did it, and it gave me loads of service. Um, 
and that's what kept me sober in the first yeah. first bit really i feel like the meetings in this area can get a little like a classroom at certain points depends what mood people are in i welcome it though yeah sometimes it's nice yeah yeah <laughs> i can't sit still though and neither can rihanna on it no i know <laughs> No, Rihanna's a po- patron. Yeah, she, hey, Riri. Uh, she fucking loves this. Hey, Riri. Riri. Can you say her name if she's a patron? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Name? We make sure. Okay. We've she's, spoken to she's her. She's coming on the podcast. Oh, so. sick. All right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, um, I noticed you were last night both tapping. I don't yeah, know if I've met Rihanna. Oh, she's lush. Rihanna. Fleetwood Mac. Meatwood Flack. Meatwood Flack. Meatwood, the harder version of Meatloaf. His harder brother. Cut that out. <laughs> Meat, meatwood sounds like a pepperoni, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Meatwood. meatwood. <laughs> Get yourself but a like stick of meatwood. Stevie, tell mm-hmm. me kind of your experience with addiction and stuff, because I don't know your story. I mean, we, we haven't really got long enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if... Sort of bullet Wikipedia version. Yeah, maybe. Wikipedia version would just be completely wrong, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Treat it like a postcard. I remember yeah. once, because when I found out, I was about... 13, 14, when I found out that you could, anyone could change Wikipedia. And I went on to, yeah, I can't remember yeah. who the historical uh, person was, but I went on there and said something about him reading Playboys or something. Big, big Playboy collection. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of myself. Yeah, so, I mean, addiction. Oh, it's it's a bit of a long story. I mean, my my mum's, um, my mum's an alcoholic. My uncle and aunt are alcoholic. My other aunt's an alcoholic. My granddad was an alcoholic. That all sounds really monotone. I don't know. I was an alcoholic. <laughs> They're all fucking alcoholics. And then on the other side of the family, it's just a lot of mental illness. And my parents split up when I was young. And um, and then after that, so I. People people kind of have a lot to say about whether it's I've gone on a tangent already, but whether it's kind of genetic or um, mm. you know. And I think I, I just for me personally, everyone's personal. I'm not gonna uh, say what I think it is. Full stop. Kind of period. Kind of thing. But for me, I think I was genetically predisposed and then life gave me a lot of um, excuses. Really. Uh, yeah, I think it's that kind of yeah. doubled together. There's genetic di- predisposition, but also if you've got that genetic predisposition and your parents were alcoholics, that's trauma passed down as well. Mm. So it's kind of the both these things. Kind of a lot of in. stuff happened to me when I was a kid. Um, yeah, just some bad stuff happened. Uh, you know, some bad stuff happened with my parents and, you know... Um, on the journey of recovery i have forgiven them but quite a lot of stuff happened outside the family home um which kind of fucked me up more than i knew really i wasn't even really aware of it until i came into recovery but um yeah i mean it started with um drink when i was really young quickly moved on to speed i was using speed quite a lot when i was 14 a lot of weed a lot of coke and then it just progressed on to um crack and heroin and that was sort of uh beginning of the end really i was really lucky to survive it but um how, di- how did it mm. get to that stage because that's quite a big kind of jump in it sure to, to take, that's always the ones that people are scared about isn't it? yeah like weirdly heroin, it's got like, some sort of it's got this weird mystique about it kind of um the first time i took it i was scared yeah yeah um when did you take it was there mm. an event did you like um do you know what i mean yeah, so it was it was building up to it. I mean, I came to my first meeting at 17. And I didn't get sober till I was um, 23. And I started using them when I was about 19, 20. Mm. That kind of, so really, I wasn't... In terms of a junkie, I'm 
I'm a spring chicken, really. I'm really yeah, lucky. But it was yeah. killing me so quickly. I was in hospital all the time. Anyway, how did how did I um how did I get to using it? So I ha- had a boyfriend at the time, real fucking toxic relationship, and um we he he used to cook up crack. He was a few years older than me. He used to cook up coke, um, and we started doing that a bit. But at the start, we were really like, we're not gonna do that. We're not going to do that. But we used coke on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, it fucking bankrupted us. Like, we, you know, I did a lot of stealing and that kind of stuff. Isn't it weird how coke's kind of an acceptable one, though? Isn't it? Or it seems mm, acceptable. People think yeah. of it as this fucking party drug. It is, but, I mean, the coke that's around now, Yeah, it's. I so don't know if it is worth taking. Yeah, yeah, it's no. so stamped on, isn't it? Yeah. Like, unless you pay a lot of money. That's why we started like cooking it up. Gram, like, oh, well, good coke. I never really had a come down from. Well, I never had good coke. I don't think. Did I you not? Have, no, mm. I was at drama school and I was taking coke. Well, a little bit after as well. Posh coke. Have a little bump. No, it's like fifty quid a gram, which is usually shit. Pub In grub. London, is fucking shite. Yeah. Mm. That's why we started cooking it up because we mm. it started to get a bit shit, and we started cooking it up because it was like let's fucking sort that out. And then I I don't know after after doing crack I can I do kind of kill um coke diet crack but it's it's not (laughs) a coke addiction is fucking savage i had that i had that for years it's fucking savage um and i I had quite a bad eating disorder as well so them drugs really fed into that for me and even now when i think about it i nearly said like well at least i was skinny what a fucking ridiculous and and i just want to say now that it's uh if i do mention weight or anything it's a it's a defense mechanism it's a coping mechanism i'm going for body we... neutrality not even body positivity because mm. it's fuck i'm well, sick of this whole fucking body positivity is equally toxic isn't it exactly like, instead of like it shouldn't be everybody perfect it should be nobody's perfect yeah do you know what i mean and perfection what is perfection yeah and also if everyone's beautiful no one's beautiful because beauty doesn't mean anything it's the uh, the great syndrome quote from Incredibles. Is it? If everybody's super, <laughs> then nobody nobody's super. Hmm. Syndrome. So was did you feel at the time like it was quite a big event that when you kind of crossed that line to crack and heroin? I mean, so the crack was oh, I was a little bit nervous, but then once I'd got sort of balls deep into that, excuse the expression. I've got balls deep into some crack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh we've all God. been we've all been there. Oh, <laughs> Hamley's just asked me to do a show on the 9th of March. Yeah, lad. <laughs> Yay, yeah, lad. Yeah, lad. <laughs> <laughs> you lad. We'll get back to that later. We're talking about crack at the moment. Getting balls deep. Let's. Crack. Can we please get back to crack? Yeah. Um, and for for a while, balls I c- deep in crack. <laughs> <laughs> for a while, I couldn't say crack when people said because I go to another Don't fellowship where they talk about a lot Everyone of drugs. Crack. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that the superhands thing? On oh people. my god, yeah. <laughs> Don't say crack, Jez, because <laughs> I, I, I love when you say crack. And I relate. You think about crack and. I love crack. <laughs> <laughs> How addictive is it compared to normal coke? Like once you made the jump to crack. And what's the difference in effect? Like it's a big difference. It's isn't instant, it? isn't it, crack? It's instant. It's like having 10 lines at once. You come down quite quickly from it. It's not a bad come down. Uh, for me, it's just, it's more euphoric. Mm. Okay. So like with the coke that you sniff, it's kind of like, yes, yeah, sweet, like I'm having a pretty fucking good time. When you smoke it, it's just a, it, I'm not going to explain it how I was going to explain it. It's all, it's, mm. Go on. You can. It's, it, it's like, it. 
on. It's like you're going to orgasm. Is it? It's euphoric, yeah. yeah. Really? Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not. Not the same sense. <laughs> really want to try crack. <laughs> not exactly the same same sensation, <laughs> but the chemicals that are flooding yeah, into your yeah. brain is, is the, the same thing. It's city, yeah, it's big. No, yeah. And then heroin was just. Was that late? So crack came first. Crack came about maybe six months before heroin mm. not not that long maybe even less i can't it's really hard to sort of pinpoint that kind of thing heroin soon soon followed um we knew someone that was did you smoke or inject i did both um yeah. i mainly smoked it i didn't inject um for that long um i do have nerve damage down my leg though from injecting in my groin because i really didn't want to get i didn't want to get track marks but i've got so many self-harm scars that you probably wouldn't have even noticed them <laughs> anyway but yeah. i i almost it depend it depended on um the day really i sometimes preferred smoking it mm. is there a massive difference in effect or to mainlining or? yeah there is mm. Um, but sometimes I would, uh, no one taught me how to inject. Right. Yeah. So I, I was, I was winging it mm. and, um, it felt very dangerous. And at that point I didn't really give a shit anyway, but I didn't, I was, um, yeah, it's weird. I haven't really spoken about it in this detail no, for a no, long time. Yeah. It's interesting. Thank you for, um, for no, that's it. all right. All, all the people out there that want to know what it's like. Mm. A lot of humans do want to know what it's like. Yeah, well, it was actually the next question I was going to get into. Mm. is like, what, what is the sensation? What would you describe it as? Because I know different people describe it as different things, but it is that one that everyone... It, there's a mystique around heroin, isn't there? Because everyone says it's just like the fucking best thing in the world. Like, But then mm. it fucking ruins your life. You will kill yourself over it. Yeah, yeah. You will. And I, and I was. Said, Mm. It's like it makes you into a dog and then it kills you. Yeah. The only one he didn't touch, isn't it? Um, yeah, George Harrison said it's the best. It, he heard that it was the best drug ever, but, it, you know, it's also the one that kills you the quickest. And that is true. And, you know, my mum started distancing herself from me because she said the last time she saw me before I got into recovery, you know, my hair was falling out. I was about seven stone. I was grey. I had scabs all over me. She showed me a photo once. Have you got did a photo? I? You did, yeah, I haven't got yeah. A, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it, what we... I, I'm a ourselves. different person. Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for this list. When did I show you a picture? You showed me uh, last in the summer. Scabby. We were at King's Head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do sort of vaguely remember. I do whack it out now and again because it's mad. Yeah, it is mad. It was it amazing. Is mad. I fucking, oh, what just a completely fucking redemption arc yeah. that is. Isn't mm. it? Completely different person. Well, I've got quite a few. Let's try and find one that's... Holy yeah. fuck. Mad, isn't it? Whoa! Bad, isn't it? That was all over my body. I've still got scars on my chest it from, from it. So you start to, I mean, I don't even know. You just start to get kind of like spotty, itchy, and then itchy, Fuck. um, and then just obsessive. And just I was on my, I was isolated. The only time I left the house was to go and pick her up. So I was just there, just like fucking squeezing stuff, picking stuff, scratching all over my body. Fuck. Yeah, it was really grim. And I didn't, and I'd wake up in the morning and it would just be like all over me. And then it would take, it, when I came into recovery, it took about a month for them to kind of. Stop. Start healing. Yeah. It's bad. What's, um, what's the first initial come down, like first days when you stopped taking heroin? Oh, the detox. Did you go rehab? 
Uh, I went to rehab for four days and I found crack in a old oh, jean pocket yeah. and uh, smoked it and then was like, right, I'm, I need to be honest about it. And they kicked me out. They kicked you out? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're using any way, they'll kick you out. Oh, that sounds Put weird, crack in a cigarette, was shit as well. Uh, so yeah. and, and then no one would come and pick me up. Um, so my stepdad came and picked me up and we didn't, we weren't talking at the time. <laughs> he picked me up and I was in tears and I was like, I'm so sorry. Cause it was like, f- I've fucked this up. Yeah. I fucked this up. I, you know, mum, mum said, I'm going to fucking remortgage the house to get you into rehab. Mm. And uh, uh, she actually got most of her money back as far as I'm aware. Um, and we've got, I mean, she's in recovery now. She's just got, she's about 20 months and. You know, we've got a lot of forgiveness between both of us for both of our behaviour. So, you know, that's kind of put to bed. Well, she but probably understands it better than most, doesn't it? Yeah. At the time. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then I just went home and just used, like, real, like, that's, it, it got really, really bad after that, yes. It's weird, isn't it? Because I've been to rehab twice and it is kind of crazy that the fact of how much it costs and the success rate of people that stay sober is very low. Yeah. They also um, weren't geared up for junkies, man. No, they no. didn't know what what I was going through. Like, yeah, I was. I was really mm. having a go with the meeting disorder. My mum was like, she said, "I wish, I wish we could afford staying to rehab." And then she was on about like maybe if she like scraped the money together, I could go to like this. It wasn't like a rehab. It was like I don't know what it was. It was like some funded thing. But I then she was like, but then I was like, I think I told you. I was like, the only place I'm going to rehab is Thailand. Yeah. I was like, I'm only going to Thailand. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I remember just... That's Lewis in the madness. <laughs> and, and now I was like, now I look back, like, what was I on about? But at the time, yeah, yeah I thought the only place I could get sober was mm. in Thailand. But then that was... Of to, all the places. That was probably to party. Yeah. Like, yeah, send me to, to rehab in, in Thailand. Thailand. Weird, isn't and it? And I know exactly what I'm going to do over there. I was just very lucky that my dad's uh, partner is... Um, she She's not... I don't know what the official thing is, but her husband set up this rehab like 25 years ago and she put an initial investment in, so mm. I had part ownership of it. Mm. So I got him for free and just gave a donation at the end. Fantastic. Which is very bad. How mm. much was your donation? But it, like a couple of grand, I think. That's nice um, that you gave that. Yeah, but I, it was an amazing experience and sadly it's the happy, it's one of the happiest experiences I've ever been. That's fantastic because a lot of people's rehab experiences isn't that, so yeah, hold on to it that. Didn't work. It, yeah. it, I was in, I, it didn't make me... Well, you're sober now, maybe it did. Yeah, Planted maybe the seed. on the road. Yeah. The seed, once the seed's in you though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean though? Yeah, no, I think yeah. it did. It made me realise that there was an issue. The level of denial of, uh, when I, before I went into rehab mm. was mental. Well, what, I, what I have got to say is, I, I mean, I'm lucky. Well, it's I, I did a cold turkey detox off of a script and off of smack, and fucking hell. it fucking hell. it was it was pretty horrendous. Sounds it. Um, but I I never want to do it again. Because yeah. there's that. The, the way it's portrayed in stuff like Train Spot and it's bullshit, isn't it? Like you go in a room for fucking four days and it's fine. It's quite a long process of coming down. That's what I hate about Train Spotting. Yeah. So inter- it's like it makes out like. Oh, I sit in a room for a week and I'm fine. I don't think. And it's the way in, in number mm. two when he tries heroin again. Mm. It's like you'd ne- if you ever kicked it, you'd never just try it to make sure it's good. Do you know what I mean? And like, mm. well, Spot- and that they tried it once as well and left it. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah, me? You fucking with me. It's like, it's like mm. yeah, I was I was addicted to Guinness. I think more than anything, mm. the smell of it now fucking oh, God, sends yeah. shivers up my body. Because mm. that's what it's like when I heard people say heroin and crack in meetings. Mm. I'd, sometimes I'd have to leave. My whole I'd flinch. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. 
Not, not anymore. anymore, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but what what is this is for my own sort of interest in it because there's a <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I read an article about Pulp Fiction and obviously John Travolta's character is a heroin addict. Mm. And John Travolta asked one of his mates who'd been a heroin addict what what he could do to get without taking it to get the closest to it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really interesting. But what you said like crack was like euphoria. Mm. Was heroin similar or heroin was just a complete stillness and numbness. Mm. Oh, yeah. It, and, and but not in a cold way. It's warm, man. Gold golden brown. It's like yeah. it's like hot it's like golden sun on your skin, melt away, everything's fine. How long does it last? depends on how much you take and what it is and i mean i only did did really sort of you know just classic kind of afghan brown stuff could never really get hold of any fancy stuff but uh kind of glad i never worked out how to order it over the internet i think Mm. because you know but i've got myself in some scary situations with them dealers man real scary there was a guy i knew it's unlikely he'll listen to this podcast, but he was called Smiley. He was an ex-boxer and he took a liking to me and it was scary. Do you know what I mean? Whereas at least the stuff over the internet, maybe I'd be dead, but maybe yeah. like, yeah. maybe I wouldn't have had to have gone, gone through some of those experiences. Um, what's it uh, What's it like? Yeah, I mean, just... You've explained it perfectly. Well, that that's why I liked it because that's why I liked crack and heroin because all, I don't want to feel anything unless it's nefor- euphoria yeah. or, or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. That's I'll take that because yeah. I can't do life because I avoid Same. it. Same. I was never an uppers person. I was always downers. It was like a cocoon of either nothingness or mm. kind of numb. Yeah, mm. kind of the numbness that I needed. I did like uppers, but when I could control them with a downer, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I and I was a massive cokehead. I was, but and I wasn't drinking for a while when I was using coke. So I'd smoke a hell of a lot of weed right. and mm. just loads of coke. I just used to take coke to be able to drink more. That was pretty much the only reason. Yeah. I, I was so violent with drinking. That's why I came to my first... Well, it's not why... I came to my first really? meeting at 17. I yeah. I imagine you like I know, that. so many people say that. Yeah. Everyone's got it in them, though. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, for sure. even the fucking... Everyone's got that mate who's placid. I've got... I can name two people that are placid as fuck. And I've been drunk with them a hundred times. But one time, something happens and they're just aggressive. Mm. And yeah. it's like... It's weird, isn't it? Is it like a pre... Is it a mood before you... I thought about this because I had some nights out where I'd just be a dick. Like an absolute... Dick and get into fights, and it was like, well, maybe it's like, I don't know, like psychedelics. Like if you, like acid, for example, will just magnify whatever you're mm. feeling at that time. So maybe it's like that. And I, I don't like the. Th- well, it releases your, it lowers your inhibitions, doesn't it? So yeah. if you've got something on the surface that you're managing to just contain, down. yeah, mm. it releases that barrier. Yeah. Was that because I said about my denial? Was there denial for you? Did did you Fuck figure yeah. out you were a fucking addict quite quickly? Or it's ju- well, you know, I came to my first meeting at seventeen. I came to my first meeting at seventeen after um, trying to kill myself, and I knew that I knew that I was an al- I knew I knew I was an alcoholic before I came to the room. Do you know what I mean? My mum talks about alcoholism a lot when I was a kid. Um, she was in complete denial that she was an alcoholic, but she spoke about it a lot and she told me that I was an alcoholic. And I remember as a kid telling people, as a kid, fi- like 14, 15 kid being like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. And I kind of thought it was just like... Yeah, a badge of honour, innit? This is just who I am. I'm going to have really? to live like this. That's, yeah. That's young to figure it out. I had a similar thing. I, dr- I drank I, every I, day. I, oh, I wouldn't admit it until... 
I met an old. <laughs> I met an old. Um, well, I met an old school friend when I went home this weekend, and he was like, "We were, uh, he was one of my amends because I fucking I had this party and I smashed the, the, our own house up." And anyway, and he was like, "He was like, you were just born a loose cannon, mate." And I was like, "Well, why didn't anyone have a word with me?" He was like, "You did." Apparently, right. they were trying to stop me drinking from the age of fifteen. Really? Yeah. Oh. But mine, See, I mine was related mine, to rock and roll and stuff. Oh, me too, man. I discovered fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Appetite for destruction and Same. rage, <laughs> rage yeah, against yeah, the machine. Same. And I was like, I am fucking rock. I'm a, I am rock and roll. Hearing yeah. um, hearing that intro with Welcome to the Jungle. Ding, I remember ding, it ding, out. Ding. I was in my dad's car. I think I was like thirteen, and he yeah. put it on, and I was like, We were talking about this. Changed the game. Changed. Yeah. My life, and when I find when I meet new people, I'm like, "What's that album that changed your life?" When they say, "22," I don't know. I'm like, "22 by." This is a Coke Zero. Every episode, he has a Coke Zero. Um, Two, actually, one before, one zero. (laughs) It was the the I remember it. The silver greatest hits for me. I I didn't. Oh no! It wasn't Appetite. It was Appetite. And yeah, I wish track, it had been Appetite. But like, was all, a the, all the tracks from Appetite. That's really the same with Rage Against the Machine, though, in their self-named out. And when I heard that for the first time, I, I found was, Machine way later. Mom I was, was seventeen. Like, I was on my way to college. But I mean, yeah, gone. No, carry on, mate. That I don't think I ever lived that rock and roll fantasy. As much as I like rock and roll, I never. I just thought I was too uncool for it in a way i guess i was on too many drugs to think about coolness yeah true i think that it wasn't really i just liked what i liked and did did a lot of drugs and fucking loved it went to a lot of gigs it was so honest with me like i literally was like as soon as i listened to rock and roll i was like holy shit i never have to i know who i am it was really weird it was like (laughs) i completely found who i was and when i came into recovery it was like you know you're gonna find out who you are and i was like i know who i am i'm a junkie and i'm guns and roses (laughs) like i thought i thought that that's what it was do you know what i mean and i and i wear and i wear pretty funky clothing that's that's who i am and it's like no it's not me i'm a big ginger fucker argument to put forward yeah oh, i thought we weren't gonna argue i was watching this the other day chicken run is pretty much a perfect film it's <laughs> it's it's on its way isn't it <laughs> casablanca is a perfect film i watched that the other day better than chicken run yeah a lot better. same north by northwest great film pretty good film chicken run is arguably a perfect film mm. yeah. too many northerners <laughs> i was, wa- I, was watching it. I was watching it like it's not a boring moment no, it's a good film. It's a good film. What is your? What would you say your, like, top five films are? Goodfellas. Yes, we've got the same taste then. Mm. My, I was thinking this the other day. Mine is I can't pick a favorite, but it's Goodfellas, Casablanca, haven't seen it. Godfather Two, yep. There Will Be Blood, mm. and Pulp Fiction. I think are my top five. So I'm just rewatching Pulp Fiction because I've I, I've never I managed think it's to. I, d- I don't think it is at all. I think it's it's a n- it was a new kind of. I'm a David Lynch story. fan. Lost Highway, Donnie Darko, Goodfellas. You got two more. I do like North by Northwest. That was mm. like an old film that I used to watch quite a lot. Oh, favorite. Uh, see, this is the thing. I've got brain fog at the moment, so like, try and remember. <sighs> Surfs up. 
Point Break. <laughs> um, the Meg in our film with the shark. <laughs> <laughs> my, mind's got, my mind's gone blank. It's like I've never seen films before in my life. Right. I do definitely have favourite films. I fucking yeah, love it's, film. It's I just hard, can't I, do it right now. It's always when someone asks you. Yeah. Lewis, you, Chicken Run, number one, I'm guessing. No, it's not number one. It's, it, I don't even <laughs> no, know. I don't know if you know if it's top five, right? But it is a great. Just film. subjectively, as a film. Objectively, but I'm a massive. It's fan. a perfect narrative arc. <laughs> I'm a massive fan of Artman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Every Bristol, big up. Yeah, but they're so they're they're so good at like. Oh, the Wallace it's and the Gromit hero's journey, man. Short films mm. used to fucking. But they're really wholesome too. The wrong trousers might be my favourite thing ever. I <laughs> yeah, love it is great. Full stop. Full stop. It is great, is isn't it? Loaf and Death wasn't. I didn't see Loaf and Death. It was okay. What was the What was the one with the sheep? Oh my god, Curse of the Were Rabbit is a Curse great film. That yeah, is a good film, film. isn't Curse it? Smile, yeah. tea choke. I remember that. That's this is a bad it. case of arson. <laughs> <laughs> Someone arson around. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's good that. It's great, lush that. It's great, lush. Peter Kay's in that. Is he? Is he? Policeman. Oh. oh my god, yeah. 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 I'd like to pay. My sisters had a. All of us as children had hyper focuses on films. Mine was Barbie Rapunzel. I used to watch that shit on repeat. Mm. Ellen's was Frozen. Fucking hell, I wanted to kill oh myself. Um, Anna's actually. I can't remember what a childhood one. She's got Dirty Dancing recently. She went through a phase of watching it about four times a week, maybe more. Mine was the. But just quickly, yeah. Curse of the Were Rabbit was collectively them because they're a lot younger than me was their hyper focused film for a while that's not bad any car journey anywhere we went or anywhere like free afternoon curse the way I, I, I really enjoyed it when it came yeah. because I was yeah. like this has got everything I want I'm a nerd under this rock and roll exterior <laughs> <laughs> under this fucking cool exterior and like layer. curse of the way rabbit it's got a fucking werewolf rabbit. Like, I don't need to <laughs> and say. It's, and it's cute. You should love it. At the same time. Huh? You should love it with your surname. Warren, eh? Hey? Oh, you yeah. just dropped yourself in it now. Big up. We're going to have to fucking <laughs> delete that. <laughs> what was your journey into music? You said your first, the first memories are like Rage Against the Machine, Guns N' Roses. Had you already started playing guitar by then? First, first memories. So my mum... Um, is like classically trained pianist and used to do quite a lot of stuff. Great singer. Mm. Uh, is a fucking runs an insurance company for some reason. My dad <laughs> is a fantastic bass player, fantastic bass slap player, and is a locksmith. So as a kid, I was like, slap yeah, he does play. Bass. He does play slap bass slap as well. I need to learn slap bass. I'm really enjoying. Bass I can play bass. bits. I can play bits. I'm not, yeah, I'm so. not all right. I'm, I'm no, I'm all right. But all I mean, right. I was I, my right. slapping the bass. <laughs> my family are big into music yeah. big into music mum was Radiohead and Nirvana my stepdad was Led Zeppelin my dad was ACDC but then also quite a lot of funk um, what funk? Um, I mean like Marcus Miller and kind of um, I mean he his favourite band is Level 42 so Mark King Mark King is his idol so I listened to a lot. I've seen them, seen Level 42 maybe three, four times in my life. They were my first concert when I was like 10 or something. Um, but I really got into music from a young age. It was more like, I mean, I had a bit of a Beatles mania thing. And then I kind of went through the timeline. I went from I went from Beatles, Kinks, Eric Clapton, Cream, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, and then 90s, Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Pink Floyd are boring as well, aren't they, after a while? Oh, I love Floyd though. See, I, I love that one that's like, 
Where were you? When I, I can't remember what it's called. When the days slip by. Oh my little I don't know. I think Dark Side of the Moon is possibly the perfect album. No. Yeah. It's, it's up there, but it's not. sensational album. No, it is, but. Slipping away. Make up a dull day. But you can argue that it's, it's, it's too long, isn't it? I think that a, a, al- albums. Tusk's a fucking good album. Tusk's a fantastic album, but I think when prog rock and kind of psychedelic rock and all that stuff sort of came out, people. That's what I've learned from getting a record player back in my flat. Is like yeah, the long it, format yeah. Of, yeah. of music. It's different now the way that people listen to music. I actually, and I love Pink Floyd, mm. like I really do, but I. Talking tonight, I actually prefer Fleetwood Mac. Fair, yeah, no, fair. Which I don't, I, I didn't think I did. Fine, yeah. I didn't think I did, no. but I think, as far as like pop songwriting goes, yeah, but Floyd weren't a pop band. Yeah, but I, I, Fleetwood Mac, and then I think they're just brilliant songwriting wise. Mm. And Peter Green era or uh, Peter Green? People forget about the Peter Green. See, era. it was cool, but Stevie Nicks for me. Yeah, oh god because like, I saw them a few years ago and she's still fucking like got a you know her voice was so fucked with cocaine so yeah, she was a big cocaine so they had, to, they had a they had a someone with a straw blowing up her ass like behind is it true no no I don't reckon so she's still sexy though weirdly I'm not into old women but it's she's it's a voice sexy. though isn't it What's wrong, like with, wrong with old women? No, nothing's wrong with Peter, old women. It's just not my thing. Peter Green, man. Like it will it'll have to be one day, won't it? His influence on like... But what I wanted to say about music is that when I listen to music, I had a massive drive to create it myself. Hmm. So I did... I went up to grade six in piano. What are, do you know what? I've fucking never done grades. That's it, Yeah, I, I taught myself. I can't, I can't like... Yeah. I, I don't know what they're comparable to. I did th- grade three, up to grade three guitar, grade four drums... But I just I was never interested. I've never been interested in theory. It's annoying. Someone's well, like he's grade I eight. I did guitar. them quite. Like, yeah, grade eight's the top one, and then you can do teaching grades. But I got to grade six. I think I don't think I ever actually took my grade six exam. I can't remember because I was about fifteen, sixteen. I was doing a lot of drugs, so that's why I quit. Mm. And then I I picked up the guitar when I was about eight or nine. My dad sort of taught me what he knew about guitar, but he was a bassist, and I kind of taught myself from there. And then it went into songwriting and. Stuff like that, which I haven't been able to do for the past couple of months, which has been shit. That's one thing I really regret is that I have always had that instinct as soon as I heard music to to write it, and I don't uh, because of my fear of creativity. I haven't. I mean, I have. I've written songs and I know mm. all that, but nowhere near as much as I should because of the fear of it. And I feel like I've got so much from music, and I want to give some. Like, that's ego, though, isn't it? In what way? Uh, why would you be scared of putting someone out if you weren't? Oh, oh no, oh yeah, the the fear totally. The fear is perfectionism, which is the worst character trait I've got, and all it is is fear. Yeah, it's, it's weird, fear. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, but it it is a thing. That I'm very harsh on myself, and I want things to be good, and it's why poetry I can kind of do because I don't have to think about it, and I, I I'm happy to send that That's off. Quite and muscly, it then. Yeah, I've been working out a lot. Thanks, mate. Um, but songwriting, I, I don't know. I can write songs, but I just... Lewis told me I knew how to write songs once. That was quite nice. You do? I I don't. I don't know how to write songs. Lyrics are my strong point. I know how lyrics to... Mm. I know how to... 
I know how to make a song better. Yeah, mm. and that's what I need in my producers, and that's why I take a lot of my songs to guitar players, because they can quite often... You've never seen me play. Elevate, I have. No, not electric. Good, though. Huh? You're fucking good, though. Fucking great. No, I'm a, I'm a jazzer. Um, I've, I respect songwriting, but I don't have that thing. I have mm. the... It's Music, for me, is completely different to every other walk of my life. Like I'm extremely efficient with music, mm. and I'm organised, and I'm on it. And and I like streamlining songs. Like, if I'd ever class myself as anything, it would be a pop, a pop guy. But to me, pop is Sex Pistols. Do you know what I mean? Like, there is an element. Yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. And um, that's what I'm doing in this. P- I, the punk band I'm in, I fucking love it. And we are a great band. Mm. We we are, aren't we? Yeah. Like, and, and they're pop songs, man. They're punk as fuck. But when you break them down, they're like they're like hook after hook after hook. You know what I mean? And it's that's what I enjoy. I hate. But I I <sighs> think I think that whole. It's kind of a. I know what you mean by pop songwriting, but that come. It's not just pop songwriting that does that. Folk did that for hundreds of years. You know, it's it's like going back to a hook. No, folk's more. Poke. <laughs> folk is more. <laughs> no, folk's folk's longer. Yeah, it's longer. And it's more. See, I think folk lends itself to poetry because there's definite A B's in folk. In folk. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're, oh, Dylan's early stuff. Yeah. Like, don't think twice. Whereas, and all that, yeah. whereas pop so streamlined and like i'm a massive fan of like max martin do you know max martin no he's got like 32 number ones right and he but he oh he's a right yeah where's he from sweden yeah i know yeah i know him really well his thing is like if you don't need it get rid of it and i love that and it's like bare bones songwriting yeah yeah. that's why fucking that's why early early bands i think and then their first albums are so raw in that it's because they didn't have all the or we need 10 the saxophone gubbins, players. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like Appetite Destruction, I'd argue best debut album best of all debut time. Album ever, I think. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm trying to think of others that might. And it's just a band. It. It's just a band. And then when he started getting the piano out in the fucking mm. string sections, that's when it got wanky. Like, I love November Rain. I fucking love it. Yeah, but, but the production, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Ev- everyone that enters the music industry yeah. seems to end up as a production. Yeah, it's, it's annoying, isn't it? Because. I mean, that's what Axl Rose wanted, man. That was a projection of his ego. That yeah, was yeah, that yeah. was oh, his, yeah. and that's why everyone he must have left. Been such a wanker. To they be all them. left because it was they. He made them sign the rights of the name over I to know. him. Yeah, and they a lot just of good that did him. What they all, God. everyone is geeked out about Slash on the piano though. Playing I, Rain. Have you seen that live video? No. Like Slash, he walks up. And then he stands on top of the piano. And does the solo well, on the where, piano. Where is it? Which live recording is it? Just type in November in London. I think it's London. It, it might be London, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. No. Um, I'm preparing for the day that Slash dies because I'm going to have to take a day off work. Oh, I, when I'm terrified of when Bob Dylan dies. It will literally be like... I've got a mate that, and I've said to him, what are we going to do? And yeah. also I need to prepare for David Attenborough's death as well. Those are the two I've got to prepare for, yeah. Slash and David Attenborough. I think it's just Dylan for me. The one that hit me Correct. the hardest was Dimebag, but he was dead before I liked him. Mm. So I like fell in love with him for a while. Oh, yeah, Phil Lynott was, was like that for me. I went to see his the grave. <laughs> yeah, I went to see John Lennon's like little thing in um, New York. And now and again, I've had a little tear about Kirk Cobain and George Harrison. Never even fucking knew him. They died mm. before I was born. And it's like... Kirk Cobain was a fucked up dude. So sad. It, I th- I think people glamorise ca- it, man. Uh, yeah, I think if he'd carried on living, it actually would have been... Awful. Awful. Unless, I don't... Well, I personally think... He his gave like, up his before... Like back, like his biography is... He did some weird shit, but... Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, he... He was the one... 
I don't mean this in any way. He was like a proper social outcast and all that, wasn't he? Mm. But he was one of the most gifted natural songwriters ever. Oh, and, wh- peop- yeah. and people seem to get more obsessed with his death, death, yeah, and yeah, his like yeah. lifestyle and heroin and that than the fact is his fucking his ability to write vocal melodies. Mm. Is oh, unbelievable! Insane, insane, so otherworldly. Insane. Like, like, what's that? I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. What's the verse to that? Um, I'm so no, that's a uh, different song. Is it the one that's like? <laughs> is it love myself yeah. better than you? Don't think twice. I love Penny is one of my favourites. I love Sappy. B side. Oh, I don't know that one. Is that off? Um, is that the same one that's got like Mexican seafood on Incesticide? Is that on Incesticide? I don't know. I, I have to say, my knowledge of 90s stuff, it took me, it was, I wasn't until I was like 18, I started listening to like, proper getting into like Radiohead and Nirvana and oh, stuff. Oh, so grungy. Yeah, and then I got like, I loved Jane's Addiction as well. That yeah. kind of got me into kind of California sort of alternative rock. Mm. I love Pearl Jam. I don't think they get love, love Pearl Jam yeah. and I saw them last year and they were fantastic. I think they're my favourite from that era. Mm. Is that just Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder? Yeah, Eddie yeah, Vedder, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it I Matt really Matt McCre- Matt McCready? Matt something? McCready. Yeah, fantastic guitarist. I like I and I don't think there's enough of them. Baritone and bass rock vocalists. Mm. They're all they're all the fucking rock people. Ian Asbury. Yeah. McCult. I I loved Scott Welland as well. I loved his voice, like proper deep baritone. Yeah, but I, live. I so. never really liked Stone Temple Pilots. No. I'm the same, yeah. It's all Sex right. type thing. I fucking love that song. I am, I am, I am. I said I want to get next to you. Yeah, it's a good song. I thought Sliver was the best thing he ever did. Oh, Sliver. That was fantastic. Was but that was... That's Slash, man. That's Slash. <laughs> I realised that in a lot of these podcast episodes, we've been very down on our industries, which makes sense because I am bitter and angry about it. I want to hear some positive things about the industry. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. So it all feels very preemptive. There's a lot of bitterness and anger in me about my industry. However, actors are my fucking tribe and I love being around actors not talking about acting but they're some of the most open loving people i love the community of that and there needs to be more because the problem is you, you do feel like competition sometimes but i love actors there we are cool i love see i don't i don't think of the industry as some big beast anymore like do you know what i mean I don't care anymore about it because yeah. creatives create regardless of what platform we've got. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to get there. I'm still not there. I love... I think being a creative, there's some sort of... We're all jealous of other creatives. You can respect their art, but you, you can be like, holy... Like, 
Like Bo Burnham inside to me was oh, if I could make anything as good as that. Yeah. That, that was gra- that was groundbreaking. There's very Yeah. It's very rare that there's something original that comes Bo out. Bo Burnham the dude with the piano on YouTube yeah. that's yeah. now you're flying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. it was like what's Such it? A he's fantastic. Yeah. But seeing some of his films, eighth grade is fucking no. heartbreaking. He's directed that. He is, <gasps> see that's see, he's unbelievably talented. That wow. film is so good. But but for me, watching inside, I was like, I was like, if I could make anything this good, because it's everything I like about art. Yeah. It's catchy, but it's like it's almost avant-garde in some ways, mm-hmm. and it's funny and it's serious, and it was so it's good. Self-aware. And I, I just watched the whole. Yeah, and it's so self-aware. Yeah, that's his his whole comedy is that. But it was just it it was brilliant, and like, that's when I have faith in the industry mm. when they put out something brilliant. Yeah. So that's what I like about the industry is it get I get to see good art, but then. Then I do get jealous, but I'm not jealous by Burnham anymore because yeah. I'm I'm getting more confident in my own abilities, you know. Yeah, like I think that's what comes from, though, isn't it? I think when we're jealous, it's good to look at what qualities they have that we wish we had. It's good to look at what's their shit and what's your shit. Like if if you're mm. jealous of, you know, are they the same kind of creator as you? Are they are they doing yeah, exactly, something differently? Yeah. And also to look at um how that affects you and why mm. what are the creatives that you inspired that inspired you that you inspi- are inspired to be like so what's weird is because um, <clears throat> obviously I'm a like what I've done creatively that I've been paid for is like portrait art mm. and stuff like that mm. and um, I can't say that I have any portrait the only portrait artist that I'm into really is Francis Bacon and my, my work is nothing like his mm. but what is in his work is you feel something when you look at it. And my, when I started drawing, I was about, I've always drawn. And then when I got into faces, I was maybe 12 and I was obsessed with eyes and conveying something. That's what I was obsessed with, conveying something. And if mm. I could take a photograph and draw it and somehow add more emotion to it, then that was like my goal. Mm. Um, so I guess that that was inspiration from from other artists that I'd seen that when I look at something and I feel something from it, that was more of what I was going for. And, and the kind of art that I make now is portrait stuff. But again, if you look at my art now, it's it's um it's kind of semi realistic, I guess, st- stylized portraiture with loads of words and fucking like graffiti stuff on it. I've got a tally my a tally of eight on everything because I've got that tattooed on me. That's kind of like my signature. So like tally oh is that your is that is that like your yeah because my mum always said that's another life so like Ah, out of nine lives so it was like so i'm on uh, you can look at it negatively like i'm on i'm on the last life but it's also like you've got one fucking life man it's like you've done eight of them um so so the way my art is now i can't really tell you what's inspired it it's it's genuinely been just from shit inside of me it's really hard to kind of and that sounds so fucking like it's just me man there's no inspiration but it all bleeds in all this you don't realize what influences you a lot of it well i think think music music has influenced my art Mm. i i feel wanky saying this but i was talking to a course leader at uni and i've got like slight synesthesia what's that yeah 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 with certain chords i see colors for chords i always have and that's why I can find keys really quick. Because you see the colour and you're like, that's yeah, the right like, colour. Yeah. Like, G is green, 
Mm. Blue's like greeny blue, and A minor's always been red. And they're like the th- A minor's red for me as well, weirdly. They're like the three. E yeah, minor's yeah. red for me. Uh, e minor's blue for me. Really? Yeah, like a dark blue. Do you hear? Do you truthfully hear it though? No, I think it's in my mind just from a, trying to remember it when I was first learning. C's yellow, weirdly. See, D's D's light green. They're the only three that I can hear without knowing in C. All the others I can't. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like C sharp minor, I can tell straight away because I listened to this song when I was younger that starts with just a C sharp minor chord. Mm. Like, do you know, hold on, um, to be with you, Mr. Big. Hold on, little girl. It starts with C sharp minor. So I listened to that probably a thousand times and now it's like C sharp minor. Yeah. But I just found it interesting. It's, it's what was the thing you said? Sorry to interrupt. What was the thing you said about Layla? It's the uh, the Clapton song. It's it modulates down. One of the only songs you found that modulates down. Yeah, that interested me. What does I that mean in layman's terms? So the riff is in D minor, <laughs> and then it goes down to C sharp minor. What do you do when you get lonely? Yeah, because if if we by your side didn't do that in the year, did he? The riff is. We can cut this if you want, but it's interesting. No, no, yeah, the riff no. is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is D minor. Something like that. And then if it went to the, what do you do? Which is in key, yeah. but it goes, what do you do? Mm. And, you and it, hear is, the, it rings out that first chord, it's really chord, good it? modulation down. Mm. It's, like, it's one of the only ones I've heard that do that. And I don't know if it was purpose. It, it must have been purposeful. Because, mm. you know. But that it's cool, and I've been listening out for more of them. And there's not really catchy songs that do that, but it adds a lot of energy to it, doesn't it? Mm. Brown, what are you doing? And then when the riff comes back round, because it's going up it's, again, it's yeah. a big, yeah. yeah. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Another. I'm glad thi- you found that interesting, Dan. I went to the theatre for the first time in fucking ages because I'm trying to separate the industry and my difficulties with it <laughs> with my actual love of theatre because I used to go to the theatre like multiple times a week and when th- it's really hard to do well but when it's done well there's nothing fucking like it mm, it's, a re- it's a really it doesn't because it's so part of our culture we don't think about it but it's a really radical art form mm. people sitting in a fucking room mm. with the, no phones it's a very yeah. old it's quite an old yeah. art form as well isn't it storytelling story t- yeah yeah that's all, yeah, but that's all art is, isn't it? Mm. Every single art is storytelling. Like, mm. and that was storytelling is part of our survival. I'm finding writing because I've always been a a wordy person. That's my thing. And doing the blog actually has really helped me because you're I great at that though. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to dress as girls and kiss each other? Yeah, all right. Oh, can I be here? No. Yeah. <gasps> can you film Lewis, it? Lewis, yeah. Yeah. OnlyFans patron. So but it there's a new <laughs> tier of the patron <laughs> where me and Dan will dress as Pixar characters every week. Oh my new god. Different Pixar and bang. <laughs> this week it's Princess and the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the clue. Oh. I'm the alligator. <laughs> Tangent. What's your What are your thoughts, Stevie, on they're kind of two different questions and I have two different thoughts about them. But as someone who is a heroin addict, um, what are your thoughts on methadone, first oh, of all? Oh, complete tangent. Yeah. Because um, I saw some statistic that like 90% of heroin addicts who um, ch- try yes, and get treatment it's rough. Is, like, just get put on methadone. Mm. Um, let's talk about that first. Sure. What are your thoughts on methadone? <coughs> yeah, methadone can 
it, it needs it needs to be scrapped mm. it needs to be scrapped completely it's yeah. um it's not helpful um i was on that for a bit and then i was on endomorphine which was a thing that was under my tongue um and i had to go to the pharmacy every day to get it and that did they not give it you because you could abuse it i guess so but pe- but with methadone they give you a whole fucking bottle bro they they just give you a bottle yeah well it depends it what depends is, what is methadone it's an opiate right yeah i mean what is it yeah i guess it's just an opiate liquid yeah. i mean it's, like it's a green not liquid in it yeah is it's it green like absinthe yeah and it kind of it's a bit of a weird one um it stops you feeling shit it does stop mm. you feeling shit but it's um if you if you have enough of it it makes you feel pretty good but then you don't want to use it too much in case you can't pick up you, people who are on methadone are using it at the same time which yeah. is incredibly dangerous that's mental isn't it but that's the fucking thing isn't it it's i think it's its whole purpose is to like stabilize you well no fucking addict wants to be stable yeah you want to be fucking obliterated don't you? so, so be, you're just yeah gonna use on top of it if you've got a taste of it exactly and it and it's not and it's it's incredibly addictive so so when you're coming off heroin you get really fucking ill when you're come when you're getting on heroin you get really fucking ill and then once you're on it and then when you come off it you get really ill methadone as is makes you pretty sick when you first start using it and then what trying to come off it is absolutely devastating Worse it's, than it's, it's, mm, i don't know because i kind of just went from that to endomorphine and i was using on top of it the whole time so i never i couldn't really tell you to be honest, but I've I've known people and I've seen people coming off it, and it's fucking it's devastating. It, it, it's it's awful. I I don't know if it's worse than heroin. My experience of coming off heroin was pretty shit. Um, you did cold turkey, didn't you? Mm. Wonder where that came from. I didn't sleep for five Jamie, days. <laughs> yeah, we needed Jamie. Um, yeah. How long does it last as well? Like the so the worst bit I would say was a was about eight days i managed to get to a meeting on my sixth day but i was fucked um and then i'd say mate oh it's difficult first couple of weeks shit for my sleep to go back to normal four months to stop yawning and sneezing and and i had it felt like i had um snakes and worms underneath my skin like my skin was crawling that was a good month so the 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 initial hardcore detox stuff maybe two weeks, and then past that is residue detoxing. But for my body, my body still hasn't gone back to proper properly normal really? in terms of my digestion system. Yeah, yeah but I, I was bulimic as well, so yeah. I've done a lot of damage to my body. Yeah, but it took a w- for sleep to get back to normal. I still struggle with that now. I still struggle with it, but it's not like there's a difference. There's a difference between what I su- even when I suffer with insomnia now, it's not it's not drug related. So f- so for when yeah, I was yeah. coming off it, for for the drugs to stop affecting my sleep or detox to stop affecting my sleep, it was oh, it was months. Yeah, mm. I think you're really great, and I think you should be really proud of. Oh, pal! Yeah, I was gonna wait till the end of the. I do genuinely. I think like I think you'll. I'm just like any other ju- any other addict that's got but clean though. Yeah, but yeah, but like that is against all odds, isn't it? Really, when you actually think about well, it. Well, you you guys are against all odds. 
We're yeah. all against all odds, man. Don't don't quantify it. Yeah, I'm but loving you so is I, against I nearly did that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. You know why? Why? I've matured. <laughs> <laughs> so the first appearance. Peri- oh, for fuck's sake! You got this. New Start again. Well. The new tongue is too long now. It's like trying to wrestle a bloody. Gosh. Um, the Gosh. first appearance of Sorry. this expression cold in the quitting context of cold turkey was first found in 1921. And it's like, so, do you know, let's talk turkey. Let's talk business. Mm. It, that saying was, let's call, let's talk cold turkey. So let's talk business. What's that? And then quitting cold turkey means like, let's quit. Let's talk in the business of quitting. Let's do hard business. Oh, quitting. okay. Oh, yeah, kind of cool, right? I've, cool. I've always been fascinated by I'm it. glad I did it that way though because I tried to taper I tried I tried fucking I went I to I don't think it can I think alcohol well the only the only I don't want to go all Russell Brand on this but I think abstinence based recovery is our only just in terms of detoxing though whether if you've been oh, a yeah. daily drinker for 40 years oh yeah yeah, yeah, you yeah. Gotta do, yeah. do you know what I mean and they tried to detox me of alcohol as well and that didn't it just I, I was lucky enough that I my dad kept trying to make me go to hospital. I, I managed to, I called up my dad. He didn't know I was a heroin addict. And I called him up and I said, hey man, I'm a heroin addict and I'm fucked. And I've got no one else, basically. Can I come to yours? And um, and that night I had to get two trains. It was 14th January. What, on a come down? 2020. Jesus Christ. On a come down, I was so ill that I lived in Godalming High Street and it usually took me five minutes to walk to the train station. It took me half an hour to walk to the train station. I was I couldn't breathe. I was really ill. He couldn't come pick me up. It was freezing cold. And I had to get two trains to his and walk. I bet you remember that forever, though. Yeah, man. And it was the first point of willingness. Road yeah. to fucking Damascus. Oh. <laughs> Road to Godalming train station. It, it, was, it was about an hour and a half's journey. And I was so ill. And I was ill for a long time as well. Like, I, I couldn't... Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. But I think that maybe it would have been safer to go to hospital, but I didn't trust hospitals at that point. The amount of times mm. I turned up to hospital, you know, I tried to, the last time I tried to kill myself was in that relapse and I cut my arteries open. Jesus Christ. Down like that. Serious, and um, and I've got big old scars that I have to live with for the rest of my life. And I was, and I'd overdosed as well. And I said, you need to keep me in, otherwise I'm going to do this tomorrow. And, um, and they didn't. And that was my whole... Weird, interaction with hospitals it's so weird yeah. i think you're better off phoning the police than you are an ambulance i've got an interesting relationship with the police you is get that like, what, is, what do they call, you can get sectioned. sectioned yeah but there's a term for it in there like there's like section for a day section for a month section oh like section three section yeah, yeah yeah no i don't i was i was never sectioned and i don't know why i i did you know i my mum threatened to section me I know she can't do that, but mm. in my state, I believe she could, and I was like begging her not to. I asked a girlfriend to phone the police on me because mm. I thought I was going to stab her. Fuck. Mm. I, I think I told you about it. For anyone out there, it's not that I'm a stabby individual. Stabby Joe. It's when I was getting diagnosed with OCD, and it was you the most. Stabby Lou. It's been the most intense it ever Lovely was, guy. and it was awful. Mm. It was. It was. I, I I knew there was knives in the kitchen drawer, and I couldn't stop thinking about them, and then. I wanted to go for a wee and that was through the kitchen. And I was like, and I, I just said to her, I was like, I have to, I'm leaving the house right now. And it was like 12 o'clock at night. I was like, I'm leaving the house right now. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm going to stab you if I stay. Call the police, I'm going to go. And she was like, no, you won't, you're fine, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I have to go. And I mm. walked out and she came with me and we walked around the block. 
And then the next day I told my therapist, like I just started therapy and I told her and I was like, me telling her that I thought I was going to get locked up. So mm. I had to build up to it. And then she went, oh, it sounds like you've got OCD. And yeah. she said it really calmly. And I was like, oh my God. And oh. then, and then um, my life changed because of lockdown because my, my obsessional thoughts got so intense uh, because I wasn't drinking anymore to suppress them. Um, yeah, that was, that was so scary so that night. Mm. I can just remember being like, call the police now. Mm. And like, yeah, lockdown was hard, man. I, ha- I live with my lockdowns ex- where my I live I live with my ex girlfriend. I didn't stay at my mum's, and I felt like my m- there's been a, f- a fair few times in my life where I feel like my mum doesn't want me, mm. and that was another one of them. Do mm. you know what I mean? Like there's been a few times in my life where I really needed her, and she was never there. Mm. And I've let it go now, but at the time, fuck. You know, sometimes. Who got, got interesting relationships with? I'm like, well, sounds like we all do. Mm. Yeah, but weirdly grateful for lockdown. Without if it lockdown, wasn't for I lockdown, I, I don't think I would have, because uh, I obviously I got clean just before lockdown, and I all my dealers were in London or Woking, so uh, and thankfully were you here? So I was in a flat share, in a house share in Godalming, and everyone was using drugs in there. So I managed to convince my mum that I was going to stay fucking clean this time, and can I come and stay with her? So I stayed with her over lockdown. I run the un- online meetings and I couldn't go to Woking or London or anything. Mm. I found crack in my pocket though. Fucking jean pockets. Yeah, my jean m- pockets. My mum was, where was that when I was fucking using? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I would have gone uh, like fucking carpet surfing for that for hours. Surely yeah, it's yeah. a test though. So the fact that you find it, surely it's a test. I was just under 60 days clean. I went inside, oh, yeah, yeah, I went into the bathroom and it was in a Rizzler, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I held it, and just my brain just went brrrr, and yeah. I was just like, fuck! I just dashed it in the toilet and flushed it, and then was like, what have I done? I've just fucking thrown away like 60 quid's worth of crack. Ran into my mum, who was on a business call, and said, mum, I've just found crack in my pocket. And she just went, shh, shh, like that. <laughs> and I rang and called my sponsor, and I stayed clean. <laughs> Spotlight of the week for you, Lewis. Ghost poet. Ghost poet. Yeah, a musician called Ghost Poet. Really interesting Ooh. stuff. Yeah, I've been listening to I'll that. Write that down. It's like um, I'll play you some after. Kind yeah. of strange. It's quite cool. Ghost poet. What kind of genre? No idea. Mm. Not like that. It's out there. It just branches a few things. And I got, I found him by accident. It's oh, a love suggestion, that. and then I was like, Ooh, quite nice. cool. I'll show you after. What's your my spotlight. Oh, it's spotlight of the week. Is this a seg- are we doing a segment here? <laughs> Incredibly camp there. Um, my artist spotlight of the week. Uh, I actually haven't thought about it for the first time. I've start. I'm going to start doing that because I usually preempt. Do you preempt your shares ever? I think of them in the moment. I've, no, not before the meeting. When the, I think of, yeah, I do think about them before I say them though. Do you? The yeah, I don't just come out. I can't do it. Can't do know. it. They're each their own, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because otherwise I just don't get out what I want to get out because I get carried away. I just treat it like a trauma dump, though. Yeah, I go, and that's why sometimes yeah. I'm like, mm. "What the fuck?" Um, my artist spotlight of the week, Daniel Norgren, who's a Swedish 
guitar folk guitarist. I, I, it's hard. He no, a lot of Swedes. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of he's a weird mix of blues and folk. Um, there's a bluesy song of his called Moonshine Got Me. Um, Moonshine Got Me. There, there's something about modern. There's a lot of Swedish guitarists. Like they're good in the folk game these days. Mm. Tallis Marinus, one of my favourites, like phenomenal guitarists. And, and pop production. Yeah, and pop production. Yeah. The Swedes have got it going on, man. Um, so I'm going to go for Daniel Norgren. And yeah, Moonshine Got Me was good. What was the one I... Oh, I was listening to... I'm going to have to... Um, what is it? Like conventional folk? No, it's not. It's more bluesy than folk. It's weird. Some cool. of it's kind of... It, he's mainly always on electric guitar. Is that's it kind cool. of like a bit like um, Matt Corby's old stuff that's kind of more blues, but kind of you could say it's folk? Yeah, but it's... Oh, I can't explain it. Just go listen to it. It's. I, re- I really enjoy him. Um, I can't remember the other song. It was. Good. Oh, I Waited For You. That was it. I've only listened to it once, but this is what brought it into my How mind. Many, it was is on... big? How many listeners? Uh, 470,000 a month. Fair. So not bad. Um, Yeah. Recovery tip of the week. Recovery tip of the week. I kind of subject that with like self-care tip of the week. It Mm. can be either. So it's something. Self-care. I'm treating me right. Um, oh God, it's I haven't question, thought though, about this at all. Recovery tip of the week. What have I been? I'm just trying to think of what I've been implementing. Don't do um, heroin. Honestly, I think <laughs> don't, don't do heroin. Pulse, it's it's a old oldie, but it's a goldie. Hungry, angry, lonely, yeah, tired, yeah. sad, serious, sick. You can add three S's onto the end sad, of that. Like serious, I've never heard that before. Sad, serious, sick. So, um... I'm yeah, every serious. time I'm serious. I've... Yeah, I'm always serious? serious, unfortunately. Are you taking life too seriously, man? Mm. You're here once. What's that like, bro? What? You are the serious man. Yeah, I'm trying to let go. And I, I, just, I feel well, like. Well, if you can't let go, go, just hold it with a lighter hand, with a lighter grip. I've, I've, I find, cool. I'm finding that with every depressive episode, I'm getting while oh, I'm that's sober. That's what I fucking tried to remember outside. I loved it when you said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with every depressive episode, every time I come out of it and I'm sober, a little bit more of my ego is dying. A li- I give a little bit less of a fuck in a good way. Mm, yeah, a little bit more. Life's not as every time. Uh, some, so a depressive episode, like a life event or anything like that, when you come out the other side of it sober, and if you even manage to ring out slightly more, if you even manage to pray a little bit more, if you even manage to eat a little bit better, mm. each time you learn how to deal with it a little bit better. Like I was saying earlier, so I'm bipolar, and I was saying earlier about having this this manic thing. I'm about two weeks into it, and I've and I've realised it. I used to go for months without even knowing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would cause so much chaos. Do you not know? That's fascinating, isn't it? You don't notice. Yeah. Well, it's it's an inflated sense of self as mm. well. And I'm very lucky that I don't get the proper mania proper anymore. Mania. Um, I get the hypermania or even, ma- I kind of call it manic, is a little bit kind of lower than hypermania. But it tells you, it's a bit like alcoholism that is the only illness that tells you you don't have it. Mm. It tells you you're all right, man. Mm. The NHS are worried about, I've been in contact with um, the Surrey Mental Health team they think I might have bipolar there. Mm. Yeah. We can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was manic at the start of this year. On the <laughs> it's yeah, not, a, it's not, in no, recovery, it's not a death sentence. No. In recovery, you can manage it. Mm. Do you think it's a bipolar or is it the, what's the bipolar like? Cyclothymia. Cyclothymia. I don't yeah. know what that you're is. You're not manic like. It's like, it's like bipolar light, basically. You're not like manic like paint yourself gold. 
and run down the street, man. No, but when I am in that moment space, it, it literally feels like I'm on speed. Like it feels like I've been drugged, basically. It's it's a di- there there are different levels to it, and there's a lot of kind of misconceptions about what bipolar is. I think if you get depressive episodes as well, so I'm type two, which is more depressive. Hmm. So. Um, yeah, that's a good. That that might be a good shout. To be fair, yeah, I think Would I want to look into it. No, no, I've gone down on my medication. It's made me a little bit more crazy, but I'm less sedated. What you want? Yeah, that's I can't deal with. Could type in uh, 250 milligrams. I used to be on like 500 milligrams of the shit. Mm. What you want? And metazapine and fluoxetine. I'm only on 50 milligrams of sertraline now, but and I want to get off that. To be time. fair, if you're bipolar and you're, I'm not a doctor. We have no advice on medication. If, if, and <laughs> if you need medical help and you need to seek mental health help, please, please seek it. Mm. I'm on 200 milligrams of surgery. Mm. For, um, OCD, right? OCD. Mm. Does it help? I can't function without it. Take mm. medication. Also, announcement. Fucking take medication yeah. if, yeah. if, if, if someone's suggesting it. Because mm. I tried, I tried to, I f- it was bad. I tried to battle it for like three months. And that was the worst three months of my sobriety. Mm. And then Ham, my sponsor, just said to me, he just went, he's like, the object of getting sober isn't every day's a fight. He's mm. like, you get sober to, well, to the, be the, a, you know, be You lost the fight. The battle's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're still in recovery and you're still battling, you're not, you're not surrendering. I, and I think taking medication is a form of surrender. I just mm. could not function. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. What's your recovery tip of the week? You are enough. Mm. Joe and, said that. And kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. No, keep it simple, sexy. Keep it simple, Aww. sexy. That's even better. That's nice. I like that. I'm done with self-talk. Oh, today in the mirror is the first time I ever corrected myself. I was laying in bed and you can see the mirrors there, which is mm. kind of annoying sometimes because you just wake up like... Hello. Yourself. <laughs> but I was looking at the mirror and I was like, oh, look at you, you fucking ugly fuck. And I was like, no. Mm. And then I started being like, you're all right. And then it did change, you know. Challenge mm. it. Because like yeah. I was saying earlier about those neural report pathways. I think we all think we're ugly. Mm. And I'm so done with... It's self-obsession. It is, isn't it? Mm. But it's also... It's painful. It's so It's so rammed down our necks at the moment. And if you're good, like... Well, we've never been photographed more than yeah. ever yeah. before. Yeah, there's no escape from yeah. it. Sorry, Lewis, I interrupted you. No, it's okay, you. mate. It's okay. I appreciate... Appreciate being in the room with you two. Mine's a self care one, I think. Wipe your ass. Wipe your ass, no. Wipe yeah. your ass and it's with baby wipes apparently. Yeah. So bless um, it's like a little bottom kiss every time. <laughs> bottom kiss. Well pecker pecker on the peck on the pecker. They're moisturizing baby wipes, so my bottom is Moving on from there. Smooth. Mm, great. Dan. My I think I've been beating myself up for years that I'm that I've had this sadness at missing out on rites of passage and missing out on mm. certain parts of my life and it's okay to feel like that it's a legitimate thing mm. I feel like I've missed out I feel like I have missed out on really integral parts of life and I'm really sad about that like you've got to that's grieve okay that. you've got to grieve it yeah it's grief it, mm. yeah it's grief like what um relationships romance uh sex um i have missed out on any stability in my 20s in terms of being able to get a job um i've been so isolated in my 20s i missed out on drama school i missed out on the whole entire experience because i was so fucked 
Mm. Um, and I never really finished. Some I graduated because they scraped together something, but I never finished. I do want to say that coming into recovery is a grieving process. Mm. Yeah, and absolutely. people don't talk about it. Yeah. People don't At least now I, I can start grieving. Was grieving your old life? Because I well. wasn't before. I was just numbing. Grieving everything. what you missed out on, grieving what happened, mm. grieving on losing that time. Mine was... Gr- yes. Yeah. That one bugged me for ages. Mm. But like with everything just let it go we've got to let it go yeah yeah but yeah, but, but also look like it's okay i'm i'm allowing myself to be sad about it i think being like let it yeah. go is is yeah yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, I accept i'm trying no, to accept it but, but be yeah. sad with an end goal yeah because but when you first come in you're not you're not versed in the ways of letting go no it's still I, i'm only just learning really how to do a process of it yeah whereas before it just happened and it was like fuck i hope it happens this time mm. So I think that when you're early in recovery and people are saying vague things to you like, let it go, it's like, fuck, how am I supposed yeah. to do that? Or sit with it. It's like, that for mm. me, that was vague. I was like, what do I do? Okay, I'll just sit in a corner and I'll just fucking hunker down and I won't do anything. That's not I, necessarily. I just try and remind myself that I have a choice. Mm. It's all but I, I think choice. You know and you mean. have to make a decision. Yeah. That you have, to, if you're going to have a good day, you have to decide you're going to have a good day. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to accept something, you have to make a decision and put in action towards well, it. Well, it, it mm. goes to that victim mindset that w- mm. I was when I was an addict. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'd wake up and I'd be like, mm, but I, I think this like, sadness is good for me because it, I, it's almost like I'm finally showing a sense of care to my past self. I, I'm sad for that boy. I want to oh, give him a hug. When you get to that point and you feel I'm really sad for an them. emotion for your mm. for that past self and you start to feel some sort of warmth and kindness yeah. towards them, what a breakthrough. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily felt that quite quickly because mm. it's you you you've no, you know, it, you've you're you've accepted a lot easier than I have. You've let go a lot easier than I have in recovery. I think. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think it's still tough for me. I accepted a lot very quickly and I was big into I, I did a lot of growing and a lot of changing, but that way I viewed myself took mm. a took a while yeah, it's and a lot long. of effort. Mm. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They it always materialise if we work. We work for them. them. Is there anything you want to promote, <laughs> Stevie? <laughs> so I wish there was more music to promote. There's a little bit of music on my Instagram. Um, I've got I've got a art Instagram which I'm just just getting back into but like when life's busy man like you're not really thinking about instagram so tell them the handles then. so i've got i got illustrations which is k-i-l-l-e-r-a-t-i-o-n-s underscore illustrations um and then my personal is um stevie warren which has got bits of music on it and that's just s-t-e Double V I E W A double R. I don't follow you on Insta actually. No, I'm oh, gonna follow you. We yeah. were saying this earlier. None of us. Fo- I, no. I don't follow you guys either. I don't no. know what's happened. I'm so no. sorry. Recovery is weird, isn't it? Because there's still that anonymity thing for a while. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I never had anyone. I went for a while of not having anyone on oh Facebook. My God. Or... Tip of the week and tip of recovery for me. Stick with the winners. Yeah, that's a good one. And view that, and don't view it like that means you're a loser or that anyone's a loser. Yeah. It's mm. it's more about finding who's who's working it right and if you yeah. surround yourself with them people you'll work it right as well i love our little group yeah I adore our little group stevie it's been a fucking honor thank you so love to much have for you having on here. i love you you've you're a big inspiration to me and i know it's hard to hear that but thank thank you for being really honest and vulnerable because i know it's not easy shit to talk about but it's been a i just think 
if I was a girl, I'd like to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Honestly, it's been. I was honoured that you asked me, and it's uh, yeah, it's been amazing. You will be back on at some point, I'm sure. Oh. Um, please support us on the Patreon. We want to get this filmed. We need a space to do that. Uh, the link to the Patreon is in the episode notes. Visit starvingartistpod.com for the blog. I've also just been uh, published on the 98% podcast blog, so check them out, and they're a great podcast too. Also, if you want to send questions to us for us to read out on the podcast, send it to starvingartistpod at gmail.com. Any final words, Lewis? Um, be an agent of love. The power of love. Oh, what a song. Yeah. Oh, what a song. I was playing that the other day. Thanks. You're going to cut the thanks out. Thanks. <laughs>